0: video coming to you from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, home of William Hodd McCallaran's The Conversation, which has stood on Stephen Avenue since 1981. I always thought those two guys were fighting because they're getting right up in each other's faces, but apparently that is open to interpretation. Perhaps they're talking about movies, too. I'm Nathan Rohr, formerly of Shoppers Drug Mart, and I'm joined, as always, by Ryan McCullough.
1: Hey there, Ryan here. Nathan's referring to two statues of two men are uh, Looking like they're in a conversation, maybe arguing. Like one uh, of their hands downtown. is kind of
0: up in the chest of the other one, so I was like, "Are they yeah. having a friendly conversation or what's going on?" Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of two weird portly businessmen guys that are portly, having a one. having a talk on uh, uh, one of our streets. I, like, I
1: appreciate that you you brought this one up, but I like, think it's by far I, some of the newer pieces in Calgary. There's there's one in Inglewood. Of a guy, of a statue of a guy whose like top part of his body is like a bunch of birds fl- fluttering away. Okay, it's really cool, and like I'm terrified of birds, and I still thought this was cool. Yeah, um, and kind of terrifying in a way. The I just building, know this was
0: like an old statue in my mind, but it's only forty years ago. I thought yeah. it was even older than that, but
1: uh, uh, the bow building uh, head. The head in front of the bow, ba- bow building, I love. It's gorgeous. Yeah, is but the one downtown that's that's near to this on Steven Add are the suffragettes like the four women?
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: down by Olympic Plaza, that uh, that's the one I like a bit more.
0: Is that the hands like the
1: circle? No, that's the that's the CBE building. That's the Calgary Board of Education building. This is like it's just like th- it's just three women, some standing, some sitting; four women, some standing, some sitting. And it's like they're the four women that like in Calgary that helped to get women the vote.
0: Oh, anything. the major suffragettes from our yeah. area. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Wow, sorry for being behind the statue times. Oh, it's okay. I still see a couple of those cows around. One. But my yeah.
1: favorite one my one of my favorite ones I drive past all the time, but I hate them so much. Are there's these two ones downtown where they I don't know if they intentionally did it, but they put these weird protuberances near the midsection of these two statues, like weird shaped statues, but they're like they have these bulbousy pointy things coming out of their like mid sections? Yeah. yeah just think about what that means
0: yeah a little uh yeah. suggestive
1: <laughs> okay so i was just like i've always been thrown off by because i'm like oh this was i bet that's a man i bet a man made that because that happens
0: <laughs> those shapes just seem to come up but okay statues uh, in anyways, calgary yeah hey
1: i'm ryan and i'm here talking statues and movies with my friend nathan
0: I, yeah, I hadn't even really thought of the statue connection with this series, but there is a famous statue shot. So how about that? Uh, this yep. week, though, we're looking at the final chapter in the series of apes films from the 70s. Uh, we'll watch the rest of them, too. But the, the original five uh, battle for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, this one was once again directed by J. Lee Thompson. Uh, the writing credits got more confusing than I said last week. It's like Paul Dane wrote the story, got sick, and... Uh, then John William Corrington and Joyce Hooper Corrington, they were a couple who wrote the Omega Man. Uh, were given the screenplay assignment for this, did so. But then Paul got better and rewrote the ending and perhaps a big chunk of it as well. But the guild was like, Nah, you don't get you don't get full credit for that. So so did
1: he do the did he do the lawmaker? The final it's...
0: scene, anyway, I don't know if the whole framing is his, but... Well, it makes
1: sense that it would be his, at least.
0: Yeah, if you wrote because... the ending, I, it would make sense you wrote the beginning, too, because they really yeah. are just bookends, but yeah. Yes. But uh, anyway, so the Corringtons and maybe Paul Dane had a hand in uh, writing this story, but it came out June 13th, 1973. Uh, two weeks later, Arthur P. Jacobs would pass away, as we talked about, which is a little crazy, the timing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it cost $1.7 so right around what the last one cost, uh, and pulled in $8.8 8 which is the lowest, but it still opened at number one and made a profit, so none of these movies did badly, <laughs> so no. at least that's cool. Uh, but yeah, before we move on, I'll do a little summary for us here, so... Okay. The Legend of Caesar is being read to a group of children by the lawgiver himself, John Houston we hear of the days immediately after the great war that wiped out much of mankind and his cities the year 2018 will man and ape be able to share the future and work towards a better tomorrow for all or will the tendency towards conflict and chaos eventually bring both to ruin that depends on whether the tale takes place in an alternate lane of history or we are in that death loop ultimately ending with beneath the planet of the apes Uh, The extended edition I watched inadvertently seems to suggest we're still in the beneath timeline, but hopefully Caesar was able to change the trajectory. Uh, And yeah, his statue weeps at the end. But are they tears of joy
1: or despair? Well, and and a key difference, too, is that they're very clearly the statue looks different than the statue we saw from the first and second film.
0: Oh, the lawgiver statues? Yeah, or, why,
1: why, why did the lawgiver get replaced by by Caesar?
0: Why does the lawgiver replace Caesar? I don't know, because he's so good at story reading. <laughs> I'm not sure. He's. It's like 600 years after the events we see in most of the movie. Uh, there's this framing device where John Huston is in orangutan makeup and reading some scrolls to an unseen classroom that we then see at the end of the movie. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, it's a bit hokey maybe but it kind of frames everything in this kind of the fable of Caesar or like this kind of story that of old in a, in a way that kind of opens it up to did this happen exactly like this or not, I guess. Uh, yeah,
1: definitely. It was, uh, it, it was a weird narrative. Like the, so there's been some classic things like starts to these movies so far with like uh, some silence, like not a lot of music at the beginning and then ends with no music but this this movie kind of gave up on that like there's oh there's yeah
0: just... no yeah the end credits are actually they don't go to black and leave you in a haunted state at all it kind of freezes on an image and has the words go over an image and it's the end mine
1: actually no no but because i didn't i didn't have uh like mine goes to black oh does it yeah.
0: Okay, my my like crying Caesar face like freezes and that's the credits back, uh, backdrop. I, I don't mine my Caesar doesn't cry. I'm pretty sure your Caesar cries cuz that's that's how I remember it when I saw it on tape a long time ago. But oh. yeah. Okay. Does it not? I'm, I'll cr- take your word for it. Zoom in on the statue?
1: They do. It does zoom in on the statue, but I don't remember it crying, but these are not good qualities like okay
0: yeah no. there's a a single tier kind of like uh that psa style like comes out of the statue yeah or like the weeping madonna or something uh it's very odd PSA nathan oh the the littering thing with the (laughs) the native gentleman (laughs) yeah (laughs) who may not have been the actor i forget but anyway uh um yeah
1: I uh yeah I I watched the theatrical of this movie and you watched the extended cut.
0: Inadvertently I guess I just assumed yeah, we neither both of had us the had same purpose. DVD set and I just we, yeah.
1: Yeah, which we do have a similar DVD set but I have the earlier issuing of it okay. and you have like the a little bit later issuing. of it. I think yours is like 2005 and mine's 2001 or something like that.
0: Maybe I I actually don't know when these discs were because printed.
1: Cuz even like there's a like 2 years later, 3 years later there's another issuing of it of uh The unrated cut for Conquest on Blu-ray.
0: Yeah, we alluded to some of the scenes that were missing from that version. Uh, Apparently, this version was released on home video in Japan in, like, 95. So, Mm -hmm. over on on Laserdisc, this has been seen for quite a while, like, the differences. So, there's a list of what changed. So, as we encounter stuff that we have not in common, I guess I can elaborate, but,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, there's a, a great website that I go to that's... That's called com, And they go through, like, they show you the images of what what's setting, missing. And they describe scenes and stuff like that. It's the most in-depth I've ever seen on the internet of, like, people breaking down. They tell you the, the time marks and how long they are, what the differences are, and things like that. They'll even do, like, shot order changes and stuff like that, too. Oh, okay. Re-edits. So there's some pretty complex stuff. Looking at it, it's, uh... oh, let's get into general impressions first.
0: Sure, yeah.
1: Uh, I I like this movie. I thought it was better than I remember it being.
0: Yeah, I liked it more this time, too. Uh, Last time I watched it was with, like, a friend and his mom. So I felt, like, this weird social pressure of just, like, oh, I'm trying to enjoy this movie. I'm seeing, like, the fifth one of, but, like, bored people are here, so I feel bad (laughs) or something. Like, I wasn't in my comfort zone. Uh, And that's the only time I ever saw this one. So just me hanging out with some soup that I made and watching this movie, it was like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs>
1: like, this, this is not me, that bad. <laughs> like, I, I watched this, like, I told you one week over the summer when I was, like, 12 years old, and my uncle, I remember my uncle saying, like, oh, the fifth one, like, they're, they're great, but the fifth one's not as good. Okay. And I think that might have influenced me because then I, like, walked away and like, yeah, you're right, the fifth one's not as good. And I'm like, you're right, it's not as good, but it's not inherently bad. Like, IMDb has this, like, Everything's, like, above 6 on IMDb. Yeah. And then this one's, like, like 5.3, and it's, like, it's not that bad. Like, it's not as good, but it's not that bad.
0: Yeah, I think the, the review summary I was seeing was just kind of, like, this series is sort of running out of things to say, which is, like, yeah, kind of. But I didn't mind having one more, like, what will happen with Man and Ape as we go forward. Like, that oh, yeah, hadn't really been looked at. After
1: Conquest... This like after Conquest happened, you kind of need this movie to happen. Like you kind of need like this story to be told of like what is what's the because there's still very little connective tissue between the first Planet of the Apes and Conquest.
0: Sure, I still feel like they're on this weird accelerated timetable where like society (laughs) is evolving way too fast like
1: oh, all of these apes are talking within like yeah like lisa years, was barely able to
0: say a single syllable last movie and now she's as fluent as anyone ever and like there's t- there's like uh characters talking about like their teachers when they were young or something it's like how what it's only been like maybe two decades
1: since the war <laughs> but it's like well, if it's 2018 yeah it's 2018 uh, it's been 27 years then.
0: Yeah, it's been 27 years according to the armory guy saying that he has run the armory for that long.
1: So it has to have been at
0: least that long since apes okay. had some manner of society, you know. Gotcha.
1: So it could have been 30 or 40 years and then and Caesar just ages infinitely. Very well. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, and McDonald's younger brother also
1: yeah. Okay. That's the thing. That's a clarification we had to make from last week. It's not a recasting. Yeah, I was they, actually happy of, about this. Yeah. Instead of yeah. Instead of just being like, "Hey, we got another African American gentleman. Let's just make him McDonald again." They had to say, "Oh, we got another person. Period. Let's just make it the younger brother."
0: Like a dip- which is, like we still want him to be friendly with Caesar and everything, but we can't get Harry Rhodes back. He didn't want to do it. So we'll rewrite this so it's like a, a relation of him, and he'll allude well, to and things even then, his like his brother it's, knew.
1: yeah, He still has all the information his brother had, and all he had to do was say, like, oh, my bro- older brother worked here. That's all he had to say, yeah. so all they needed Perfect. to do was write one-line dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I, to be like, I, I was still yeah, happy I they didn't this from...
0: just try to sneak him in as, like, a different dude or, like, no. a different casting. It's like, we'll at least write that this is a – we acknowledge that other person totally happened, and this is now another person that will have Just
1: a small diversion here. Now, you've seen all the James Bond movies. Yeah. Does all the, the does Blowfed looking different every single time get explained every single time?
0: No. They explain it at least one time where like a the movie starts are with forever, him. Right? Yeah, like getting uh surgeries and things to look different. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't explain why he looks like one of their friendly agents from 2 movies ago because it's okay. Charles
1: Gray also. Yeah. But yeah. Because I... it cause between between Blofeld is is headless, but Blofeld you see in Honor's Majesty's Secret Service. No, you see him. You see him in You Only Live Twice. Yeah, as like the Donald Pleasant scarred eye. That's the first but time then, you ever
0: saw him. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then the next movie is Honor Majesty's Secret Service, and it's a completely different actor. It's it's another Connery bald Sobald, actor,
0: but yes, it's... but
1: no scar. No, all of a sudden, different different like race completely. Because one's English and one is, like, uh, Italian. hmm <laughs> yeah. And they never explain it. And then they only explain it for the next one when it's Charles Grey.
0: I haven't seen Honor Majesties in a long time, so maybe there's something about him. But I don't remember that happening. He does flee a exploding volcano base in the last one, so there's plenty of opportunity to say, oh, yeah, he was burned terribly. So we had to do experimental something-something. But okay. I don't
1: remember. Okay. Just yeah. to kind of get into, like, I was thinking about that when we were – talking about miscasting and, like, recasting characters, like, there have been other times where it's been more famously done. Sure. But, like, Bond seems to be, like, the one where it's, like, egregiously, like, three films in a row, three separate (laughs) Bond-face actors played him. And, like, the most iconic is Donald Pleasance in, like, the bald head, the scar over the eye, the cat in the gray suit, because we'd known Dr. Evil. Mm -hmm. And then, but then the subsequent two films completely, like, it becomes no scar, no cat, gray suit, and bald head, and then becomes only gray suit.
0: I feel like the cat comes back a couple times, but yeah, yeah. But there's no,
1: there's no bald, there's only a bald head, no scar, and then there's eventually no bald head. And just, <laughs> yeah,
0: Charles Gray just has a full head of hair, and yeah. yeah, it's still a fun movie, but sure, sure. Oh, sure. Um, anyways. Yeah, serial yeah, movies so of McDonald's a is here. I, I,
1: I really like this actor, though, because it's, uh... I love Assault on Precinct 19, so I was... 13. 13. 13. Yes, yeah. Um, I appreciated that, like, uh, just to see him in something different, because I don't think I've seen him in many things.
0: Uh, what's what's the actor? Austin Stoker?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I th- it was just nice to see him in this movie. I, man, honestly, like, I was going in this movie because I was going in with such low expectations of, like, oh, okay, I have to get through this one, that I was like, I think I like this movie. Like, I think I just had a good time
0: did did yours also start with kind of a big stock footage dump though like that was something i was like knowing. the ketchup oh, oh
1: for me yeah man okay yeah because this is for me it was only an 86 minute movie you said yours is 96
0: it's 10 more minutes yeah. yeah
1: yeah uh they repurposed escape from the plum they only did escape forward Yeah, no, it's this the
0: previous two get a little recap for you. But yeah, they recontextualize some escape stuff in a really weird way. So
1: escape, what's really important to remember about when we watch escape is like the police. So there's a scene where uh, Zira and Cornelius are running away from a specific human being, the main doctor who's out to kill them. Dr. Otto, Eric Braden, who was my MVP, yeah. And then the police are coming to stop Dr. Otto, essentially, yeah. and to save Cornelius and Zira. But the re-editing of this, which might be clever, might be like a little bit of, of play on like on a play of like how history, how history forgets it. details and like And they recontextualize the it like yeah. that humans humans were against Zira and Cornelius because in this new version of it, there's they have all the same footage, but it looks like the police are shooting Cornelius and Zira for no reason whatsoever other than just being alive
0: yeah no th- there's like a scene from a helicopter and then there's like gunshot sounds over the helicopter and then they cut to like Cornelius falling and all this and it's like what you seem to imply the helicopter gunned them down which totally didn't yeah. happen not at all the <laughs>
1: police did shoot Cornelius but that's only after Cornelius pulled a gun and started shooting Dr. Otto but the police had no context that Otto had a gun and shot to crazy crimes were going on yeah and Otto had shot Zira and a baby already like yeah yeah
0: no it's yeah
1: it's crazy but i wonder there's a part of me that wonders since, since 600 years later if this is i mean i don't know it's it's tough when you think about movies like this like that's how thoughtful they're being like are they being thoughtful that they're doing like revisionist history stuff or they're just being as simple as possible to get across the point
0: yeah no i had like two thoughts it was the either like the game of history and you forget things or eric braden didn't consent to his footage being used again (laughs) <laughs> or something like that. And they're just like, all right, we'll cut around it. We'll cut around it.
1: Or they just wanted to like have a really simple thing. like They don't want to have another person to introduce. They're just like, humans were against them, which led to conquest. Because then when humans are against apes in conquest, right? So they're right. just trying to make it simpler. And if, if it's pieces.
0: just Dr. Otto, like what happened? It's like, you should have seen the last two movies.
1: <laughs> like yes. We can't really get into all of it. Because no. there's exactly. already so, a
0: lot of stock footage here. I felt it was like four minutes or something. It was a there while. is, but
1: I I mean I just watched, so I just watched Rocky Four, the new director's cut, like last week. Oh where, yeah, and it opens with a ten minutes of repurposing Rocky Three footage, where you're just like, why I'm watching Rocky Four here, guys? This is a ninety minute movie. Ten minutes of it is Rocky Three again. Like that's, and then you know that like thirty minutes of this movie is montage sequences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or, and then the other 30 minutes is literally just boxing fights, so you're like, so 20 minutes is a story? And it's like, yep, that's how Rocky IV is. Anyways, this movie, I I like that. I want to think that maybe there's a little bit of revisionist history there, where, like, they're remembering history a little bit different. Because, so, 600 years after Caesar, you have the lawgiver, and something obviously happens while the lawgiver's alive, because when we see the lawgiver teaching, there's human children and apes- being taught by the lawgiver still. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's the so. Ending. Something
1: connects the lawgiver to Planet the Apes, um, where humans are like sub creatures like that can't speak and are not being taught. Potentially. Yeah.
0: Th- this gets into kind of the like, which lane of history are we on right now in this, in this movie or not kind of mine.
1: Thing. I have a sense where mine is leading us down. Like, Oh, we're the, now the new timeline and things are more balanced and even, but you're saying that there's some hints. Yeah. There's in a it?
0: couple key things that make it seem a little less certain. Uh Specifically, the cult from beneath the Planet of the Apes is, like, established in this movie. Like, there's scenes with the Alpha Omega bomb and, like, the first oh. Mendez, which I guess would be, like, uh, the the main mutant you see, like, with the purple. Uh okay. yeah. It's, like, his descendant or whatever. Like, you get that guy saying, like, we should venerate the bomb and, like, take this seriously. So, it's sort of like, oh, is this going to start that cult and this will still happen in two millennia? Interesting. So, no,
1: that that's fascinating. I, that's not in my movie at all. So they got rid of the alpha omega stuff in the in the theatrical. Cut. Yeah,
0: there's at least two scenes with this Mendez character uh, that are kind of weird, and then there's kind of just general more battle footage and stuff. I think an early beat that changes is McDonald is explaining to the teacher like the history of not saying no. Like he, oh, okay, good. Yeah, he articulates that to like. Virgil sees this altercation happen with Aldo and this teacher uh, who, like, just received a drawing from uh, Caesar's son, Cornelius, and then he starts tearing it up. Oh, it's it's writing, I guess. It's one of their commandments. Yes. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Ape shall not kill. Abe. He, Abe is what he wrote, yeah. Yeah. Man, it's... okay. Aldo's the worst. And, like, not in, like, that terrible movie villain way, in that just, like, this is not an interesting bad guy.
0: He's just dead set on causing trouble, like, for his own reason. Oh, he's
1: just, like... So, the one unfortunate piece of this franchise, like, this early franchise, is they really lean into, like, gorillas are dumb, and, like, really lean into that being, like, they're aggressive, dumb creatures. Yeah. Which is, like, super not accurate to, like, the world, because we know gorillas are actually some of the more, like, intelligent apes. Like, all of them are intelligent, but, like... They're gorillas they're also...
0: as yeah they're on par with like orangutans and chimpanzees. No, really... I get
1: why you would make them like soldiers or military people because they're, they're bigger, bigger and, and bulkier and everything. Yeah. yeah, but like you don't have to. They they keep leaning to this dumb thing, um, which I appreciate in the new trilogy not doing as much. Yeah, uh, no,
0: it's it's weird because, like in the first movie, they don't really get into it much with the gorillas at all. It's just kind of they're the jailers and the hunters, and that's yeah. fine. But there's not really any face to the gorillas that's causing problems. It's, it's the orangutan makeup is
1: the gorilla makeup is literally the worst mask of too. the
0: three. Yeah, it's the like it's full mask. It's not like yeah, and it does into look, the skin to have the eyes really
1: stand out. And it doesn't look like a gorilla at all.
0: That's no, Kins specifically like there's a lot of close-ups he gets because he's an important character. Yeah. And it's kind of unfortunate because <laughs> yeah, it just looks the fakest of of all of them. It's very plasticky oh, yeah. looking. Yeah. Uh So yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um. But yeah, it's but in the first movie, it's kind of the orangutans are like the like zealous, not wanting to do anything different mm-hmm. people. It's the yep. second movie where you get General Ursus, who is the first like we should just punch stuff and tear it down
1: kind of guy. But even then, like, he still seems, like, secondary to the plot because, like, soon into that movie, the the Alpha Omega cult becomes the main villain. Yeah, it's
0: it's like they're going to clash kind of thing. And this yeah. movie sort of does that, too. Like, Commander Culp is kind of the mutant's Aldo, you know? Yeah. But like, he,
1: he gets barely any screen time because Aldo's kind of, like, seen as, like, like it's the, the opposite because Aldo yeah. is the main villain, but he's just not clever or smart or anything. Everything, all of his plans just are dumb, like not well thought out at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I might get a little bit more footage with Culp in my cut as well because there there's some stuff of him like debating with his uh, subordinates about their course of action, uh,
1: including okay, that cool, Menendez guy. Yeah, my movie, my movie, just like there's this great scene where. Um, Somebody challenges Culp, and then they're like, "When does when does this end? Like, we fight them, and it, and we die, and then we fight. They fight this person, and they die. And like, when's this okay end? Right? That speech is but in then, there. But then, yeah. Oh, that's that scene's in there. But then immediately afterwards, somebody walks in the room and said they're preparing for battle, and Culp's like, "Let's go to battle," and I'm like, "What?" What just happened with this discourse? Like you were just having this good conversation about should we be fighting oh, these guys?
0: Okay, you know what? Th- what you're missing is like, yeah, that was a tee up for like Mendez's attitude, and then at the end of the movie, uh, this female mutant that Colp told to set off the nuke if he fails, uh, and Mendez have a conversation where they go, you know what? colp was just angry and wanted to destroy everything we shouldn't do that we should worship this bomb essentially
1: <laughs> so, so wait the guy the guy who's like like this fighting leads to that fighting leads to that fighting is mendez is mendez yeah yeah oh, okay okay cool yeah, yeah he had a Paul, great and then Paul it's stevens
0: just... is the actor and yeah he has a passionate speech where he says like a will destroy b but then b will destroy c and C, oh yeah, exactly. You're like, it's but then just...
1: in the in plot, it was like Culp was like engaging him, and then somebody walks in and says, "They're preparing for battle," and then Cut immediately Culp's like, "Let's to go like, to let's go to battle." You're just like, "What? <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, I guess
1: so." We need, oh, we need. Y- yeah, yeah.
0: You're also missing like that scene. The other half of that scene would be Culp setting up this contingency plan about the bomb.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Like, mine was like this weird, awkward. Like, here's a really good scene, but then that guy just like like Mendez, obviously. In my cut, just goes to the background. Like He's not a character, really. Anymore anymore. after that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Anyways, so, okay. What I find fascinating about these past two movies is how much is in uh, the new trilogy.
0: Yes, actually. Yeah, a lot of seeds for that stuff is in here.
1: Aldo is like a dumb, dumb, dumb version of Koba. Yeah. Like, Koba and, like, uh, I think... I think what they wanted to do is redeem the storyline because Koba is like is really smart. And, and probably yeah, he's a more
0: developed he... character. Like he, he's like, what if Caesar was treated even worse and became angrier and more vengeful in a way? Oh, yeah.
1: Right? And like and just as smart as Caesar already. Right. Like going into him getting the mist, getting misted. He was already one of the more intelligent apes out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But he's um, just got and... brutal scars and things like he's had a rough exactly. time already. But then
1: when it comes to – because in Dawn, Dawn is where a lot of, like, Aldo's plan gets really flushed out. Like, Aldo, like, he falls into this plan of trying to unthrone Caesar by killing Cornelius or hurting Cornelius, mortally wounding him. Uh, That – wait, does Cornelius die? In in this version, like, in battle? Yes, he ultimately
0: dies. I thought he died immediately, uh, like, in the dimmest parts of my memory. I thought that's what happened, but – they need a section where Caesar's kind of absent from the proceedings yes. for a little while, so he's like at his bedside as he's fading, is how yep. it goes here. Uh but yeah, um, there's this scene where he falls out of a tree because Aldo cuts the yes. limb.
1: So Aldo Aldo like without thinking kills Caesar's son and then uses this to like this battle to usurp Caesar. Whereas Koba, yeah. like, puts events in motion to like to usurp Caesar and Cornelius and kill Cornelius, and then go to battle with the humans like unprovoked type of thing.
0: Okay. So it's just
1: like there's a little bit more of a twist on it, but like a lot more thought and intelligence on Coba's side than this movie shows. Sure. Aldo more
0: side. more scheming and
1: whatnot. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like execution and stuff like that. Like Aldo is just like, oh, like a like a grudge, like a like a good like groan and a shrug. Where Coba like executes a pretty nefarious plan and like almost succeeds
0: yeah no there's not a lot of forethought there's a there's just kind of being mad at humans and being mad at caesar's decisions because guns are power or something and then that that whole avenue of like i maybe yeah i'm sort of disappointed like all the gorillas just go with his dumb plan. Like, I, w- I kind of wish there was at least a dissenting gorilla or something. Well, there something. was
1: this great scene yeah, where before Cornelius gets spotted in the tree where Aldo's, like, riling up all the gorillas and he's like, like, oh, like how could he do this? Like, he should be listening to us and then we should kill Caesar and everyone's cheering and all of a sudden they go, what? Yeah. Like, nobody is, like, nobody's with him. Like, we're all on board with, like, being angry and bringing it like, to Caesar and talking power. to her. Whoa, wait, what?
0: Like, yeah. There's... And then all of a
1: sudden, it's like, but we should kill him and usurp him. Everyone's like, whoa, this this conversation just turned really serious, guys. We're talking about treason. I don't want to be here. Yeah. And then, and then, that and then, the silence problem is is what reveals that there's somebody spying on them. Exactly. And then Cornelius is is killed or really badly hurt in the scene. And then I think that's what forces the gorillas to be like. You're in or you're out because we've already done something.
0: I guess so. I also was thinking like Cornelius not dying on the scene also leaves it open a bit for like the gorillas might not know he's a murderer for a little while because it's like, oh, okay, it's like, oh, that was not cool. But Cornelius is being cared for by the doctor or whatever. Oh, no war. And then that happens. And then they find out. And that makes the final scene at least sort of make sense where everybody turns on Aldo all at once.
1: Uh, so do you, when you, yeah, that, that is a good scene though, too. When you, okay. So then McDonald shows up and then he sees the branch and he sees that it's cut before it breaks. Yeah. He so does recognize, the work. Thing. Yeah. Do you think, because the movie very much clearly, it introduces a new orangutan, uh, Virgil yeah. early on. Yeah. And her introduction to Virgil is great. Cause he's just talking about quantum mechanics and time travel and like understanding relativity yeah. and things like that, which is like, okay, this is hilarious. Good conversation dialogue. So, obviously, they've, they're they establishing that apes at this point have become, like, super intelligent. Like, they're not, like – they're not just, like
0: – I know. In, like, a matter of two and a half decades, it's you gone. Can't, you
1: can't think about that, Nathan. I you know. Assume. Anyways, Virgil gets – showed up. Do you think that they – the reason why they have McDonald figure out that the tree branch was cut first, like, that they – is that there was no crime or murder in their culture before then? So, they just assumed – he innocently fell. Yeah,
0: no, there's some conversation with uh, someone who's just like, oh, he was chasing his squirrel, I guess just a terrible accident. No, Virgil
1: says that, like, his squirrel's gone missing. Uh, he must have been looking for him, and he fell. And McDonald's, like, McDonald's actually, I saw— the first
0: one to suspect something nefarious may have happened.
1: Yeah, and so I wonder if that's, like, a commentary of, like, Virgil being like, everything is innocent. Yeah. Meaning, like, nothing bad would happen. And McDonald needing to look a little bit deeper at the clues to be like— because you can turn a blind eye when you assume nobody's going to kill you or hurt you. Yeah. But in the, in McDonald's world where people kill each other all the time, he's, like, looking at the clues and being like, no, actually, something terrible happened. This doesn't
0: add up. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, there's a certain sense of innocence about some of these characters. Like, Mandemus, the armorer, like, he doesn't really have a strong enough door to ever <laughs> withstand anyone aggressively trying to do it. It's just like... That's not proper, you didn't follow the rules, please go away you don't yeah. you're not allowed to have guns you're, you're yeah like that's failing. honestly I
1: guess this is the first sign in this community in the society that they're building that of like opposition or crime in any type of way, yeah, and they really like weren't set up for it because I think they just assumed everything, but to be fair, the way that like uh in that early classroom scene, the way that the kids and the teacher were treating the gorillas versus the Other ones, I was like, even that Abe, the teacher, was, like, being kind of a dick to Aldo. Like, in front of all the class.
0: Yeah. Being like,
1: Aldo, like, look at Cornelius here. He's a little kid, and he's doing better than you. And and you, you can barely do this, you dummy. You can barely
0: read. You didn't do your homework, did you? Like, yeah, it's just like, what are you doing? Why are you goading a gorilla about his (laughs) homework? Yeah.
1: You're a human, man. Like, these things are, like, they're supplanting you. But, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. no. The, the gorillas seem
1: like the gorillas seem like even on the council, the gorillas don't kind of seem like they get an equal share to the point where they leave, and the gorilla and the chimpanzees and the orangutans don't care. They just continue on. It's
0: like, all right, fine. Like we'll just keep <laughs> voting on what we're gonna yeah. do. <laughs> yeah,
1: those get those hotheads out of here. We're fine. We don't need to worry about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What do you remember not liking about this movie? Like, like why do you think this has a five point five? Just because it's like. I don't know that I – like, even
0: still, I don't know that I love some of the the battle stuff with the, the mutants. Like, the first chase in the Dark City is just kind of a bit too long. <laughs> like, it's oh, just sure. kind of running through the shadows, shooting, and it just kind of doesn't carry things forward for a couple minutes. Like, it's just kind of waiting for the next step,
1: really. Uh, I guess I just found this to be like the like most – Little things like that. Yeah. The most unique sequel. Like, they changed so many – Things about it. Like, they just went in such a unique dire- direction. Yeah. It's not how I would have naturally thought to do a sequel to Conquest.
0: Right. I thought they actually came up with a pretty good MacGuffin for them. Like, the tapes of Cornelius and Zero is the reason they go into the city. Like, uh, that was an okay idea for moving things in a direction where conflict could happen. Yeah. So
1: why is there a PowerPoint set to the audio? of? I don't know.
0: That, that was the thing though. I was like, <laughs> I like this idea, but then when you see the tapes playing, it's like, why is it just a picture of Zira
1: And then no, like, but then, edited dialogue. But then, like, that's the thing is like, well, it's not even just that. It's like, I would get, if it was just a still picture and then edited dialogue, but then the pictures changed when like a dramatic note happened <laughs> <laughs> like it was a moving picture like Cornelius is saying something and then all of a sudden dramatic note and it's a different a angle different Cornelius angle of space and I'm like and I, I was trying wait. to
0: think back on escape I don't even remember the conversation we're hearing being the thing
1: recorded I think it's oh no it wasn't I think it was from another scene in the movie yeah they it's like he's talking
0: to like Stephanie and Dr. Lewis about the fate of mankind or something it's like yes. did they
1: have a tape recorder too because like no they're just recontextualizing. I know the Otto
0: like surreptitiously recorded the drama drunk conversation that we get a little bit of with Zira, Uh, so that may have been entered into the record somewhere or something
1: but i I don't doubt that That for sure
0: it's it's like weird because the thing they tee up like the thing they say they're gonna get is the commission interview which was like the big press meeting that was in that movie but then it's like not that (laughs) that they find no then
1: like where do they find it do they actually find out the information about the future
0: yeah, that like, they chose a different segment for them to talk about it because in that conversation with the commission, as we, as we talked about in that episode, they're coy about the future because it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, Taylor, I don't know who that is. What are you talking about? And, like, no, we came from a distant place or whatever. Like, they don't really get into, like, we saw the earth blow up, like, yeah. which is imp- the important piece of information for Caesar to know. But I don't know that there was a recording of that. So
1: they just kind of cheat a little bit. It's weird. So I feel like that's interesting because the fact that the extended cut kind of gets into the fact that they can't cheat fate. That fate is almost like set in time. Like no matter what, they're going to repeat themselves. I, yeah, but like I'm, in the I'm, director, I'm worried about in the... that
0: because th- there's that with uh, the the scene with the the mutants and things. Like that gets teed up. But then in that final scene, there's also, like, uh, kids kind of still scuffling and whatever in the audience. Like, they're not getting along 100%. Like, there's not really the clearest sense that everything's cool and it's behind us. Like, in the
1: lawmaker scene?
0: In the lawgiver scene, yeah. Like, it's, like, lawgiver, like, the little girl asks a question and then the chimp next to her, like, shoves her. And then they have, like, a little, like, kid battle. Like, just a little bit. It's not pronounced, but it, it was just seemed like a little, like things aren't quite 100% great in Ape World. <laughs> like, we haven't yeah. set everything behind us. Uh, and then the armory scene at the end of the movie, like, Mandemus is saying, like, we should just burn down the armory. Like, we don't need weapons anymore. And they kind of say, like, oh, I don't know. I, th- I think we're still gonna have to keep them. Uh, so there's, yeah. they- there's still, like, potential seeds of conflict uh, that could result in the events we saw in the crazy second movie. <laughs> But who knows? Um,
1: uh, okay, no, yeah. no, that makes sense. I just uh, I kind of like the idea of them beating the system and and landing on a like on the good path. Potentially, the last like, one of this.
0: It's still an open possibility. Like I don't think uh, Paul Dane wrote the tight circle he talked about. <laughs> like it seems to deviate in too many places for it to be like no, we're heading down a dark, terrible path. <laughs> it's like yep. nah, there might be a chance. There could be a chance. Yeah. So especially hopefully. because like,
1: like the lawgiver six hundred years later is giving pretty accurate information about the history, and it's only six hundred years after that. Planet of the Apes takes place.
0: Yeah, and like maybe his the lawgiver's teachings could be further perverted to make humans total totally secondary or second class again. But that just doesn't seem to be the momentum this story leaves you with. It's like no, exactly. that almost happened because of Aldo. But then we had the difficult decision of, like, removing Aldo from our society and overruling his terrible decision, and we set the humans free and and rewrote our constitution or whatever. <laughs> like, there's kind of hopeful momentum at the end of this sure. story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I kind of came out of this movie, like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more. I know what you're saying. Like, it's not nearly as good, but that darkness... Like, Prolongness still kind of existed for me within Escape and Conquest. Yeah, I would Conquest honestly put, especially
0: like, had a lot of hiding budget with Darkness, and I feel this one
1: does it too. Uh, yeah, I feel like Jay Lee just is a smart guy and knows how to, like, string like like, out a budget type of thing. we have
0: 30 people? Okay, we're going to have to have them march past the camera a couple
1: times or, yeah. <laughs> like, something. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I feel like there's something to be said, though, like I feel like this movie is like only a small notch beneath Conquest and Escape. Yeah, type yeah. Of thing. I
0: have them. I have it lower, but still decent. It's not like a dis- terrible drop off or anything. It's yeah, I don't know. I just not precipitous. I,
1: I kind of grew up with in a world where everybody was like, "This is the worst Planet Apes movie." And and, like, and I yeah,
0: I, I guess it's good hearing the theatrical still holds that because I did appreciate seeing this extra attention to beneath and stuff in this version.
1: Uh, well, and that's so. the thing. I actually want to go. I'm actually interested in seeing this extended cut eventually. I mean, I can't watch it now because it's blah, blah, blah. But eventually when I revisit it, when i watch Conquest again, I'll do this one again too just to kind of get that two different cuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what's crazy? Because I, I have seen the Tim Burton's Plenty of Apes more recently, and it sits higher than this one does.
0: Oh, on IMDb? I think, yeah, yeah by like 0.2 or something. Yeah, but, 0.2. Yeah, yeah crazy. But we'll find out how we feel about that one next time. Uh That's right. but yeah. Um anyways. There there's uh, some there's some like janky stuff with the new footage too. Like there's extended battle scenes and I swear there's like moments where like no Virgil is clearly firing a rifle. You can see the hammer going and everything, but there's no sounds like tied to that bullet kind of thing. Okay. Like there's yeah. just like kind of general chaotic uh battling going on but there's not always sound to accompany it and then then there's a shootout later where there's totally like in sync sound so it's like okay this was in the theatrical (laughs) like that shooting happened in both but this one didn't uh and then i thought it was genius like i like to save budget they shot the same explosion from like several angles so they just show it to you over and over again Yes, it, it's like oh, they blew up another treehouse. It's like nah, that was the that was the same treehouse. But that's
1: why I wonder if like I didn't get I, I didn't think my battle was that long.
0: Yeah, no, I got tons of battling, like just okay. battling
1: <laughs> happening. Um, I guess that's the po- call, title of the movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, so John Landis is credited as being in this movie. Yep. But yeah, I noticed his
0: name in the credits, and I was looking for evidence of that but I figured he must be an ape or something I I wasn't sure Jake I don't know he's in the credits it's Jake's friend John No, I know but
1: and Jake is in the credits too but I'm like wait 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 who is Jake like I feel like to figure out who this person is you have to first figure out who Jake is (laughs) who
0: Jake was I know I know some of the mutants names I know like Virgil and the teacher and all these people but yeah I know John Lannis disappeared into this movie somewhere. He It is on that dude's IMDb, though, like the director of Animal House. Oh, yeah, like I'm
1: looking at his face, which is not sh- shocking to me. I know that he was around a lot in Hollywood. Yeah. Doing a lot of, like, bit jobs for a long time before he could finally, like, you know, direct. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. It just seems odd to me. No, he was it was Sherlock. not a name I expected to see right.
0: listed. So have
1: you heard of Schlock? Oh, is that a movie? Like That's a movie that his first film, and it's about a like a Bigfoot type character uh who like falls in love with a girl. It's like a really it's a comedy horror sci fi. Anyways, I could see it was it came out in seventy three. I could see because it uses very similar like makeup effects, like they film like them filming around the same areas or something like that. And that's the, he just taking some notes of like
0: what the procedure was for this, for this apes movie. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So So there you go. Anyways, That's just me pondering, but I don't, I don't think that is uh, (laughs) accurate. Accurate. Uh, Does the, does the extended cut make this a not a G film?
0: Uh, not really. It's just general chaos. Like, I think it did make a note in the battle a little nonsensical. Like uh, there's there's the convoy of like six vehicles or whatever it is driving up on the city and they're slowly approaching for a while. And then there's a scene where Virgil runs up beside Caesar and says, here they come. That's like, what? They've been coming this whole time. <laughs> but in my cut, maybe in in the real deal. It's like that's when the they show them getting near the city and it's about to go down, kind of thing, yeah uh, it yeah, it's just it's a bit nonsensical in this version. <laughs> There's just tons of piling up barriers and firing guns and various and explosions. just calling into
1: school bus, and the school bus will be ready,
0: sir. slowly driving a school bus towards them, but yeah.
1: they just call it they're like the school bus will be ready, sir. <laughs> It's not like the battle bus or anything. It's just. Like, they're just like the school bus. Like, there's like, that doesn't sound ominous at all, guys, but okay. It is a big vehicle. It's true. Uh,
0: Yeah, I was getting like vague proto Mad Maxiness with like this mutant band of dudes with vehicles, but then I'm glad George Miller decided to elaborate on this notion.
1: (laughs) Oh, I kind of got like Omega Men style. Oh, okay. Charlton Essendon's Omega Men was very like the mutants. dudes driving around in vehicles like okay you ever seen this like the best thing i could think of you've seen the simpsons right like the GL yeah support. yeah i've seen the that is the spoofing <laughs> that is the spoofing like that is like them dressed as ghouls With the cloaks and like the crazy and, death like, car he, yeah the death car that like that is what that movie was so like this okay. is like these guys repurposing like the mutants are essentially just the ghouls from
0: from that but like with cooler omega vehicles man. already so i'm a little disappointed they backslid a bit in the vehicle <laughs> budget in terms of just like well we got this old car working so we'll use that and then drive yeah. towards
1: this town well i'm just not certain that omega man uh they might not have had cool cars
0: uh, well it's only assuming that simpsons car was in the original movie
1: i'm just yeah I, it's been a long time since i've seen it
0: okay Maybe the Uh, Simpsons spruced it up also, (laughs) but okay. Speaking of the Simpsons, uh, Lisa in this movie, uh, I felt she asked some pretty pointed questions of Caesar that were good questions to ask. Uh, Like they get back from their little skirmish in the dark or whatever, and he's just like, nope, they're crazy. Those those mutants are mad and malformed weirdos. We're going to fight them. And it's just like, all right, did they tell you that? Or like, what do you, what do you mean? And it's like, well, they shot at us. Yeah, but you were invading their home. Okay. Well, listen, it's men's <laughs> business or whatever. Like he just does not really come up with a satisfactory answer. And then, and then Cornelius enters and asks what malformed means and kind of ruins the flow of where that was going. But, oh, sure.
1: But it definitely, it's definitely showing that like over the last two films, like Lisa is quietly the hero of these stories. Like, just like, like is that really Caesar a great was idea, like, Caesar? he's gonna burn it all down at the end of conquest, and she's like, no, and he's like, you're right, no, that's that, the bad that idea. That is pretty Let's horrible. What I was about to do, <laughs> and then and then like you go to this one, and he's like, they got they shot at us, and we tried to break into their house, and they shot at us, and she's like, yeah, well, but you tried you, to break in their house,
0: break in, yeah, and <laughs> the, it also just seemed like the mutants were just bored, like they're just <laughs> they're hanging so around, bored. like with nothing. I going like on. that they didn't even
1: like. Their plan until the apes showed up was like just nothing's good out there. We'll Maybe just I'll stay move here. These tires. No, but like they're like literally like nothing's good out there. We'll just stay here. We're dying, but whatever. We won't go look anywhere else. Like we don't need to investigate the world around us. And then like they begrudgingly go chase these apes, and they find out that the apes are like fine. Like they're like they're fine, farms. and they're like
0: less than a day's <laughs> journey away. So yeah. Uh, yeah, Cope has just kind of been kicking dust for a bit and is mad at so the boring. worlds. And then finding out Caesar's there, like he sees him on a monitor and goes, like, oh man, that's Caesar, the that's that ape that made me look like a fool.
1: But like Cope, like, did he age over these 28 years at all to you? Like
0: Uh, he has some like mutation stuff, but not really. He doesn't look like he's now
1: or something sorry and why is he's not governor he why how did he become governor just be, by like fault by like
0: by also being like an angry dude that hates by apes. being a, another
1: white man he was just like well breck died so we'll just give it to this next white guy
0: i i felt that was another weird thing where like don murray who played breck was also offered an opportunity to come back and he didn't want to so i felt huh. this was an okay substitution because colp was kind of the violent henchman anyway like, he was the torturer and, like, okay, I'm gonna go kill this ape. Like, he had no qualms about being bloodthirsty, so it fits that he would also immediately go, we gotta go kill those apes then. Like, <laughs> it, it sort of works. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, so I, I was okay with the substitution, but... No, he does not seem decades older,
1: either. No. <laughs> there, there's... no neither, neither does Caesar. Like, they didn't even give him, like, a little gray streak above his ear or something like that. That's just... the thing.
0: I'm sort of being generous choosing the 27-year timeline because it at least sort of gives enough time for Ape Society to have gotten to where it's almost identical to 1 and 2 in terms of, yes. like, how they dress and how they have a council and all these things.
1: Oh, uh, man. It is crazy how fast they all decided upon a style that would last over a thousand thousands years. of years.
0: <laughs> like, well, this kind of green thing with like a, bl- a bit of a leather bit here yeah. and it's exactly. The like, just that, this love style, these jackets.
1: And I, if I know anything about style and in in like cultures, they never change. Like once you pick it, it's done. Yep, it's forever. That I just way. wear
0: my top hat down, walking down the street for a hundred and thirty years. <laughs> That's not even a century and then they're extremely dated. Oh, no,
1: exactly. I know. Yeah, they're this is twelve hundred years later. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it's yeah. a good I think if they just had saving. extra budget. Like yeah. the problem is that they just had like it was either they had jump orange jumpsuits, which they like they're not gonna put them back in their prison attire, or they had the like the costumes from the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we got it. Like, I also like think it's hilarious that like all the chimpanzees are like, we're all gonna dress the same, right? <laughs> like we we're just <laughs> we're all just gonna dress the same, right guys? What, what and color then, is better than green? <laughs> Nothing then that that I can the, think of. All the gorillas the gorillas outfit did change though. Like they they're not the same from the first movie. Because they had that dope like shoulder th- breast thing. Oh, okay. Their armor Anyways, is a bit different. And this movie is like, no, we're all gonna wear this uh weird like red shirt with a belt. A little more burgundy or something this yeah, time. Yeah, burgundy. But still, like, we're all going to do this thing. This is what we all, this is no, how we dress. it
0: super didn't make sense in the last movie, too, that, like, why would they, like, also choose green when that was their prison jumpsuit? And then, like, the Orang Tanks choose orange when that was their prison jumpsuit. <laughs> like, it just seems kind of, wouldn't you try to get away from that? But, oh, well. I thought Virgil still looked great wearing his orange tan vest thing, so. Oh, yeah. It's I'm just used to that, no, podcast. I know, but
1: it's just one of those things where the longer you years, think maybe. about it, the less it holds up, but <laughs> well, it holds up as soon as you know the budget of these films,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true, so. um, yeah, and then I guess just getting to the end, like does I felt it sort of debates like, was it right to kill Aldo' Because they basically have this weird like skirmish in a tree that results in him falling to his death also. Which I was sort of like, shouldn't the good direction for conflict resolution be we don't do that? But they, so don't, I think they don't abide by it, you
1: know? This is another one of those situations where I think, like, Don I think, did this better. Yeah. Like, because it's like, to end this conflict, Caesar has to do the one thing he, he like, like, lives by. Like, Ape
0: should not kill Ape, that's not good. But yeah. in this case, he is causing tremendous discord. So what are we Yeah, do? like
1: he's getting more and more apes killed and he's like he's potentially like harming the future we have together. Yeah. So yeah, so he makes that that gets that moral journey. Obviously Caesar's not on the same. This Caesar's not on the same moral journey as that Caesar is. Mhm. Like this Caesar's just kind of like angry all the time and then Lisa shows up. So maybe just Lisa didn't show up fast enough in this scene. Yeah, to stop him. Like, hey, but, Caesar, get down from there before Aldo dies. Like, no, falls the entire,
0: like, ape society just turns on Aldo and starts, like, chanting at him.
1: Okay, and, to be fair, though, like, yeah, Aldo did murder a child. He totally murdered and, a child.
0: Virgil And not him just him that, he didn't just fun. murder
1: any child. Like, clearly Caesar is, like, the, the king. Leader. Like, he's, he's seen as royalty. So, therefore, Cornelius is seen as, like, the prince. He didn't just murder a random child. He murdered, like, their beloved child type of thing yeah, as a culture. Yeah. So. No,
0: Virgil's line is it's like, ape has never killed ape, let alone an ape child, and then everyone yes. starts going like, oh, Aldo, Aldo, and they start yeah. like, and he just freaks out and runs up a tree, and dies. <laughs> like, it's yeah, kind like, it's, it's of. He does pull things his where, sword like, on Caesar also, so he's still being the aggressor, but yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs>
1: But it's one of those things where you can't just, like, you can't get too upset about it. Like, it's just them trying to do social commentary but not doing it well enough. Mm -hmm. Like, in in good social commentary, they would have a a conversation about, like, what does this mean for our society now that we've done our first public execution? Sure,
0: or, like, have the first trial in ape history or something, but it's, like, we're at the 85-minute mark or whatever we gotta go. (laughs) like this yes, exactly. movie's over so
1: yeah the battle just finished we can't wrap start start a courtroom drama at this point.
0: everyone being extremely mad
1: that was the trial so
0: <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's, it's just one of those things where like you, you kind of just have to go with it and hope that they eventually like learn their lesson and like it's it's just become like a part of that moral glue of the society but there's a lot of potential in this movie, just like in Conquest. I think Conquest had the, the most realized potential when it comes to social commentary with Escape.
0: Yeah, it's a clear um, blueprint for Rise to follow, whereas this yeah. is, like, vague dissatisfaction between different ape groups and, like, what is their relationship to man after this situation. And, yeah. like, it's fodder I, for more.
1: But but what I mean is, sorry, like, in 3 and 4, it's good social commentary. It's the most realized social commentary that they could do in this uh series like post yeah. the first movie. But the fifth movie, like it, it almost like it attempts it but then it gets tired or bored and it's like, oh yeah, we're a kids movie. We have to wrap this up. Kids don't get this.
0: Well that yeah, that's kind of the thing. I I was saying it it sort of fits like a fable or like I was honestly getting like King David stories kind of vibes from sure. some of this okay. of just like there was this man who killed like the king's son and how is he gonna deal with that? And like this yeah. is a tale so it's, of it's,
1: old to be fair and, like, you're right. Like, it, when you look at it from the context of, like, uh, the law giver uh, giving, like, telling a story, then, like, it becomes, like, there is no nuance in storytelling 600 years later. It's just...
0: Like, here is the moral point of this tale of Caesar's conflict or whatever. Yeah. And that yeah. And crazy. Aldo has
1: to die at the end because he did something wrong. And that's what you do in stories. Like, the bad guy dies for killing somebody.
0: Yeah, so. And then, like... It's
1: crazy that Cornelius died. Like, yeah. that's still kind of crazy to me.
0: No, I, like once he fell and was not dead, I was kind of like, oh, weird. He doesn't die. Oh, wait. No, the doctor said it's bad. Okay. Okay. He does. It just. And they have to no other child.
1: Like they didn't establish another sibling.
0: No. That's true.
1: So there is no heir, heir to Caesar. Direct Whereas, at least in the, lineage, the new yeah. trilogy, I think Caesar's son dies too, but I think they have another kid.
0: Oh, okay. I think I there's guess more we'll than one. Kid. I, I can't remember clearly some of those finer details anyways
1: yeah this this movie the, the kidness of it is like it was very clear that they tried to tone it down for this one like they made the conflict a lot more simple they made the yeah like, the bad guy a lot more simple uh bad like bad humans over here with scarred up faces are the bad guys and aldo who's just ranting raven about killing people's the bad guy it's like yeah and then like
0: aldo and his group kind of sucker punch the rest of the mutants like they just ambush them as they're fleeing like caesar tries to let them leave but then it's like no they're just gonna shoot everybody through the holes of this bus kind of thing and that's that so yeah uh and yeah i mean i guess we we didn't really get into like aldo plans to slaughter all the humans (laughs) and then they they stop that from happening uh yep. so hopefully uh, we can look forward to a world of peace or whatever John Houston says at, at the end there. <laughs> it's like uh we hope and wait or something uh, and then I'm sure that set, that statue cries in mine, but you know <laughs> yeah. if you miss that it's really weird. uh, uh... supernatural ape stuff entering in
1: but yeah, <laughs> the ghost of Caesar. The Ghost of Caesar, yeah, um, yeah, man, I, 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 I did like it a lot. Not, I'm intrigued where it's going to fall on the list now. Though is the thing, I was kind of like certain that this was going to be down there with the other one, but it's it's more like this is going to be like, I think this is going to be one of those batches where it genuinely come out of it being like, man, I really like most. Of I these just movies.
0: like Ape Tales, apparently. Yeah, cool. yeah, I wasn't. Uh... Yeah, it's it's more just some of the pacing with some of the extra footage gets a little boggy, and then. Yeah, I maybe they could have come up with like one more thing for McDonald to do or <laughs> follow up with for the sure. teacher a little bit more or something, but it's it's okay. Yeah,
1: but I thought he had enough to do. Like I like that he discovered the mystery. I like that he was helpful in the scene and the infiltration. Like yeah, he had a good he had a good amount to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciated when he showed up to the council and said no type of thing like like he he, he got to go to the council. oh yeah
0: humans get invited to the council and that's a big point of contention with the gorillas and
1: yeah. yeah yeah so stuff like that he i thought he had some good things he got to do uh yeah. even though it wasn't the mcdonald we we know it's his younger brother so that's true which i don't even know it's great that he got connected up with caesar like after his brother dies he's like cool hey bro come hang out with uh my buddy over here oh i'm dead it's okay. Like, okay. I vouch for yeah.
0: this guy. This guy's a good guy. Okay, great. And then they're yeah. also friends. <laughs> but yeah.
1: And I don't um, I don't
0: think like the core player like like uh Nally Trundy's fine, like Roddy McDowell's still doing a good job. Like it's oh, yeah. nothing.
1: No, Roddy is uh Roddy Oh man, his physical performance has gotten better over the years around being an ape. hmm And this one's uh, is one of them too. Ronnie just isn't given enough to do in this movie to be like great. Well, it's weird.
0: He kind of has to like sit out a big chunk of an act because it's like, well, Aldo has to cause some chaos and Caesar is not there to stop it, so we just kind of won't have him for a while. Yeah, and then the intro too doesn't have him for a a big chunk of time also. So
1: I I get I get him choosing to sit it out, but like just how chaotic things are out there. And how he's just like, no, I got to be with my son. Like, it's a, it's one of those conflicts where it's like hard to, you know, it's one of those things where like, would this happen in real life? Like, would, like the person, like if the world's melting around you, do you stop and like not worry about the world to worry about your kid? Because it's your kid, but it's still one person versus your entire culture. Like your
0: entire society could be crumbling right now. Virgil, Virgil, like, yeah, essentially comes and says like, we need you. Like, it's going really bad out there. Like, just outside. Just look out <laughs> the window and yell at them or something. <laughs> no, I got to be with Cornelius. This is really going badly. It's like,
1: okay. And then the doctor comes and says, "Uh, you need to be with your son now. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, okay. Okay. I mean, I get it. Like, because it is a conflict that a parent would have, right? If, like, if you're the president or a king, like, you know, do I do my job or do I do my duty? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of the trolley problem. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Anyways, yeah, it's overall like I said yeah I it time.
0: definitely improved in my mind and I'm glad I watched it without like bored adults looming so you know which yeah. I guess I Cla- I am now an adult but I was not bored so
1: Claude Atkins was like in his late 40s when he played a young Aldo I had this assumption that Aldo was a young kid because he was in school oh but Claude Atkins as in a man was like 46 or 47 <laughs> would he film this role
0: yeah no he's definitely an adult gorilla who is now trying to adjust to education being important <laughs> and just
1: can't <laughs> so and like this little child beside him is being super like just mean to him like yeah. this adult man yeah okay yeah that that makes it that's a whole nother level of like okay i get why aldo's a little like a little frustrated Mm-hmm. so we got Guns. Yeah. Claude's one of those guys like this one actually pulled in a pretty significant cast when you think about like uh the additions to this movie, like yeah. with Claude Atkins being one of them. like who's who's been like in a lot of amazing movies, like a Rio Bravo and Inherit the Wind. Uh and then you have like uh Paul Williams who like would yeah. go on to his bigger stuff. Like this was is weird like I always was like I remember Virgil being an interesting character, but I didn't know who played him. And then I was like, oh, it's Paul Williams. Wait, what do I know? I know Paul Williams from a few things, but what do I know him from from? And like, A, I knew him more of an actor than a musician, but obviously now I know his music more than, once you find out what he's done, you're like, oh, this guy's like one of the greatest songwriters of ever.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it and was then... neat seeing him in this, because it's before Phantom of the Paradise, which was the next year, which has kind of become a cult hit. Yeah. Uh, and then like he would Brian, do. Brian,
1: uh, what's his face? Brian De Palma, De Palma. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What's his face? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the year before he played Swan in that, and then uh, he, you know Muppet stuff later, and he's in Baby. Yeah, Driver, Rainbow Connection, and... right?
1: Yeah, he wrote he that wrote, song. He wrote Rainbow Connection, but he also wrote like a lot of really good, like like quintessential. When we when you think of Vietnam, you're like, oh, they're Paul Williams songs, essentially. Oh, Okay, like Three Dog Night and stuff like that.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, no, I'm like. I had no concept of who he was when I was, like, 12. So it was, like, something yeah. to anticipate this time, finding out he was in this. Because, like, they mentioned that he was in it in that documentary I watched last week. So I was like, oh, cool. I have Paul Williams to look forward to. So that's yeah. good.
1: Uh, and, then and then John Huston. The, yeah. The craziest get, yeah, is John Houston, who, like, this isn't far out from his, like, prestigious career in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't was this just j. Lee Thompson like pulling like a big ass like going to his buddy, but like, hey, can you do this for me
0: like do you wanna be the like prophet or whatever of ape society yeah it's yeah, it's weird like just... it's a weird pull, uh, and yeah, his directing days weren't over, like he still had a couple projects left, but yeah, yeah, no, anything
1: it's... anything of merit though
0: uh Pritzi's honor's okay <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> like uh Ooh, I think Angelica okay won he an did Oscar. Annie. And he was 82, which is, like, not a loved movie, but, like, it was pretty a big pop culture-wise, pretty big thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, I did Victory with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Michael Caine. The soccer film? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Man Who Would Be King. He. This is before he did The Man Who Would Be King. Like, that's the Michael Caine, Sean Connery film. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen this? Where, like, the two guys that go I've heard visit it's good. Ancient... I, I've never checked it out, though. But they go check they go check out this like this old tribe and they they both treated like gods but then eventually they contradict themselves as gods and like they they turn against each other it's it's really good okay. he, this is two years before he made that movie so yeah he definitely still had stuff in front of him
0: mm-hmm. part of oh. the venerated Houston group
1: of people so the most venerated of the group yes I like Angelica but her I like Angelica is... a lot but she's probably my favorite I, I agree. I agree, yeah. but like, he's in Chinatown and he's made some of the better, like he made a lot of really good movies. Sierra Madre is the one I can think of, but yeah, African Queen is the one I also think of, and the Maltese Falcon. Oh yeah, so, yeah, like weird old like, Hollywood. I got like Angelica, clout. like nothing, nothing to say bad about Angelica, but like her dad is like.
0: She's got an acting trophy, and she was in Moby the Adams Dick? family. He did the
1: Gregory preck Moby Dick? Was that supposed was to be good movie? though?
0: I kind of heard it wasn't.
1: Oh, I liked it. When okay. As a kid, I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, this is fun."
0: Anyways, MVP time. Let's venerate specific people. Oh um, uh,
1: yeah. So wait, and you shared first, right? Yeah, yeah. So,
0: so is it John uh, Houston? Or?
1: No, it's not. It's Paul Williams. Just because. Oh I man, it's a lot of a lot of fun to have him around.
0: I also chose Paul Williams, so I guess we'll just talk about how great Paul Williams was.
1: Like <laughs> um, <laughs> he's just he uh like he brought a wit. To this character that kind of just made some scenes really fun Yeah Like I hadn't had like a smart cracking Ape that was like Funny for a while Yeah and
0: I was really happy to see like just a Totally good orangutan (laughs) Like he's not he's not sinister In any way he's just like You know salient advice Good scientific analogies somehow (laughs) Like he's
1: just like But he's also just quipping sometimes too Right like just mm -hmm. Or Shit laughing at like...
0: Caesar's quips, like at one point Caesar kind of burns Aldo, and then he's just kind of like <laughs> and like runs away. It's like that's pretty good. Like that's fun. So or yeah, like, I was happy. Fa- he was one of my there. favorite
1: scenes. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is early on is when Caesar and Virgil try to go get guns from Mendemus. Yeah, and they're just like Men asks the most crazy philosophical questions for for entry, mm-hmm. and Virgil's so frustrated he's like. I don't what what are we doing here? Well like
0: this is Caesar. he re, he retort I think it's mostly McDonald is kinda of stomping his feet about it. Like uh sure. Virgil kind of replies with his own clever philosophy and then yeah. they're kind of like, Oh, very well put and then they're kind yeah. of like complimenting <laughs> each other through this door. It's just like no, it like it's not inherently evil, it's what there's one does just, with them or something. There's and, just
1: this scene where Caesar's just like kinda of like face palming a bit in this scene being like, It's just just we just need guns, and then when they get in there, they're like, they're like, "Can we get pistols?" And they give he gives one to McDonald's because they want to shoot. He's like, "You don't need three pistols to shoot one rabbit, so you're only getting one." And yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Oh no, man! Caesar's here. Fun Caesar's
1: too. asking for these guns. But, I really enjoyed this scene. I yeah, I I do
0: fun. like that even Caesar is not above this rule he made about yeah. needing weapons for good reasons or whatever. It's Lou Ayres that plays Mandemus. And yep. I think in yeah. real life he was a pacifist, so he kind of didn't mind playing this like arbitrator
1: of the weapons. <laughs> you yeah, know? like this this person who brought like not just like like a like a cataloging type of situation, but he brought a morality to it. Like, what is the purpose of this use? Like,
0: answer me my riddles, so you can. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> when I think of
1: that, I think of I think of Monty Python, and it's yeah, like, like if you're gonna what? cross
0: this bridge, yeah, is
1: your favorite color. Like that's what I think of. Is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what is your
0: favorite? I, I I totally lost track of if he actually asked seven questions. Like he says he did, but I was like, was that seven?
1: Okay, whatever. <laughs> but no, because he does. Because he he does ask. Because he asks. Like, wait, what? Or like he says something that like tricks him. Wait, no, no I'm talking about Monty Python. You're talking. Oh, about you're. This d- I'm
0: talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that where it's yeah they throw off the keeper. They ask a question back to him or something. Yeah. Oh no, they talking about uh,
1: sparrows or whatever yeah and then he asks a question about it and then they're like that's your question so answer your questions we're gonna go across them anyways
0: (laughs) african or european swallow i don't know that and then there you go uh but anyway (laughs) back to (laughs) paul williams i enjoy it yeah like early we see him giving this like talk of relativity where like a musician plays a live show in London and then through light speed travel travels to New York, hears his own performance and says it's no good. And then flies back and doesn't do it. Like it's just this weird, (laughs) funny little thing. He's lesson he's giving as he walks around. And then he rearticulates the infinite highway thing from the third movie. With yeah. like the uh like which avenue of time are we in and maybe things have changed or whatever so it's kind of fun seeing him get to do that again and then yeah, he's just present for big battles and pivotal
1: moments and he's he's like they're most of the movie
0: yeah. yeah like for
1: a brand new character he's just hanging out all the time
0: and a relatively new actor like this was probably one of his biggest early roles like I saw he had yep. like three things prior to this, but it's like minor. Like, well, deep I would in just cast. love to
1: learn about Paul Williams' crew because, like, he he was just like a, a writer of music for a very long time, mm-hmm. and then moved into acting, and then like now he's like big in voice acting. Like he has a lot of like new, like he still does a lot of voice acting in the world.
0: Okay, and then he so. collaborated with Daft Punk on their last album, so that was oh some... really? Yeah, he's on a uh, "Touch" a song from that album, but yeah, and how is it? That's great, and then he also was at the Grammys accepting on their behalf because they do not speak, uh, so they okay. were they were there. But like,
1: but he, the collaboration between the, two, the three of them were, was good.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think they're uh, kind of buds in some musical way, so that's cool. But
1: this is pre Daft Punk breaking up. This is pre them breaking up. Yeah,
0: I'm talking about Random Access Memories. But uh, I, that... I
1: don't follow Daft Punk, so I don't know what. what oh, uh, okay. This is pre or post uh, Tron. Post Tron. And this is pre or post Pharrell Williams.
0: It's that album.
1: Okay. Yeah. Which was eight years ago,
0: but that was the last thing they ever did. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, I really enjoyed uh, yeah, his kind of wittiness. Like the fact that he's playing my favorite great ape, but in a good character role was also sure. a boon. So yeah, yeah I, was, I was happy with that in all sorts of ways. So I agree. I concur. <laughs> Paul Williams.
1: Yeah. Uh, great.
0: Yeah, uh, you brought a question to the table this time, right? Like, if yeah. You're... So uh,
1: last week before the show, you and I were having a conversation that I thought actually would be a good place to bring here because it does relate a little bit into these movies, but also on a larger scale, some things. You and I were talking about fan service.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> like, where where thing where nostalgia is done well versus when nostalgia is not done well, in like uh, new media, like new movies and. Like new media type of base things. Mm-hmm. Um, when I asked, when you asked me about it, because we were talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife specifically, yeah. we don't have to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife in this podcast. But the the, the launching out point when I asked you back, like, okay, because we were we were both talking about some things that we didn't like, like we both are not a big big fans of the sequel Star Wars trilogy. Um, Well,
0: it's it's kind of just like the rehashing of like the same plot beats. Yeah, like
1: it's it's when nostalgia doesn't do go well.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Yeah. Whereas like I I I like the prequels because I'd make the argument that it doesn't actually have a lot of nostalgia bait at all. Like it's very. Like, he's trying to do something different.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of concern with the things that have happened or will happen later. Yeah, but. like, he's. Although, to build I a mean, new there's universe. some baity stuff with, like, hey, C3PO's here and whatever. Yeah,
1: but. Oh, sure. There's some little things, but, like, ships are not junky looking heaps. They're, like, brand new ships because Nebula. Like, like uh, the
0: universe is active and building things. And.
1: Well, and Naboo is a big part of the universe we're playing in right now, and they have a very fancy looking, like, starships and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, But you, I saw, we were talking about a lot of negativity, like, of, like, what are some, like, fan services that didn't work, and I asked you at the very end, okay, what is the fan service that does work for you, and you said?
0: Uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the the relaunch trilogy, like, I guess with the way we've talked about the last two movies, like, it takes ideas that couldn't be fully realized because of budget restraints and all this kind of stuff, and gives them some proper due and fleshing out and everything, so... I, I felt like those weren't like they were complimentary, I guess, to the original films, but also like they had new things to do and explore, which felt yeah. great. So yeah, it wasn't just Can like, you, Hey, remember in this movie when Char- Charlton Heston said this or whatever, which we will yeah, see it wasn't in the recontextualizing next
1: movie. it. Like somebody <laughs> doesn't say, God damn you dirty eight. type Well, actually that does. We are about to movie. see that
0: basically happen like this, no, but it, yeah. That
1: does actually happen, too, in uh, Rise of the Planet of Apes, because Draco Malfoy says, get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape.
0: Oh, does he? And then in re- yeah. response, there's the thing? Okay, okay. Yeah. It's just, so, I, was I was thinking of Charlton Heston bit of that, but, but in it's...
1: ape makeup
0: says, like, those damn dirty humans. Yes. <laughs> We're about no, to you're totally that. right.
1: But what I agree with Rise of the Planet of Apes is that there are those little callback, like, small moments, mm-hmm. but for the most part, the movie's very much trying to tell its own story and not just rely upon what came before yeah. Whereas Tim Burton's is a little bit we'll get into it obviously next week, is a little bit too much of like what came before. Um I wanted to I was gonna comment on on something I thought about of like where nostalgia bait worked really well for works really well for me. Like I think you can they're doing a good job of hey, here's the thing, like we know fan service, we want this to happen, but we're making good stories out of it still too. Okay. If you wanted to think of something different too, but like for me, like I'm just rewatching The Mandalorian to get ready for the Book of Boba Fett. And, like, Star Wars is a pretty tricky s- subject for me because I don't always love fan service in Star Wars. I think – and I, what I'm learning is that maybe I just don't like J.J. J. Abrams' version of fan service. Like, he's just obsessed specifically with A New Hope and he's like, everything needs to look like A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back or something like that. Um, but Dave Figlione has some nostalgia for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, so – even his own work like so we're just getting into the sokotano stuff right now and i'm like oh i'm excited to see a sokotano which is like that's not fan service for casual star wars fans cuz they don't know who this person is but it's like very specific fan service for like the smaller faction of the clone wars fans
0: i feel like that faction's way bigger than i thought though like it's like oh, sure. the le- most recent couple generations of star wars fans i just feel like i haven't been doing my homework for a while and it's just like sure. I don't know who any of these people are, and I don't care about this. Like, why is this in here? So gotcha. I, I so, and don't you watched, enjoy you that. You watch
1: the Mandalorian, and you're like, because my so my wife. Season she know one, anything.
0: it was like, oh hey, remember from the movies? And I was like, of course I remember from the movies. And then season two is yeah. like, hey, remember from this cartoon you didn't watch? And I said, no. I don't know Okay, so this. this
1: is... The question because I'm watching it with my wife and she's never seen any of this stuff, but she was still able to enjoy Bo-Katan and Ahsoka and the Darksaber stuff okay. on its own, like, on its own thing. And I sat there being, like, enjoying it on the Clone Wars side. Like, she was like, she doesn't know that... She doesn't know that Bo-Katan is, like, supposed to be the leader of Mandalore and stuff like that. And, like, it's been long, like, trying to, like, restore She just, like, sees bo shows up and shoots bad guys and is helping him along his journey. Like, uh-huh. there's no difference to her that a Bo-Katan versus Carl Weathers' character or Gina Carino's char- Carano's character. Like, they're sure. being new creations. They're yeah. just new characters in this TV show. Whereas, for me, I'm seeing characters that have existed in, in other stories before showing up for the first time in live action. To her, it's like all of these characters are new yeah. for the first time.
0: No, it's like, so. hey, there's backstory, but... I don't know. It's just like it's fan service for something I don't know about, so it just feels like effort spent on something I don't know. So I I'm just okay. scratching my head. Uh, so it's not my favorite example, but you oh know.
1: sure, but it, it's it is one of my favorite examples of like of just something I'm like oh I'm really enjoying this version of it because there's still. They're not like structuring everything around they're also like on Mandalorian structuring stuff around westerns mm-hmm. and like samurai films which is something I wish like, I know there's a lot of influence in Star Wars but they're like like there's just a lot more heavily influenced things because episodic episodes of like he shows up in this town and like he has to get something but they need help with this monster out of town but in the in the samurai films they need help killing this, like wolf this or gang something like or that or something yeah or, and he gets enlisted to help them. It's like, okay, I, I'm fully on board with these ideas because these are already intrinsic into Star Wars and they're just flushing them out in different ways again. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm just saying a, Mandalorian is, yeah. is a big one for me of like what, what works.
0: I'm still struggling to come up with like too many examples of stuff I enjoy that does this. Like there's been a lot of misses. <laughs> like there's a lot oh, of... Oh yeah, that's like... what
1: I was trying to... I, I'm trying not to go negative. I have another one for you if you want. Sure. I want sure. to see if you get there. Yeah. It would be Ready Player One. Oh
0: man, I don't, I don't feel too great about like unabashedly endorsing how that movie does things, <laughs> cause it's so sure. shameless. And like reading Ernest Cline, it makes it even worse. It's just like Ready Player Two is just where my breaking point was. Was in that. Oh, book. but it's that yeah. is
1: everyone's breaking point. I don't I, that 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 people love that first book, but that second book is like. like scathing
0: okay and then I read Armada also like I'm still a sucker for it but it's like wow I can't believe someone thought this was like okay to just be like hey remember last starfighter I'm just gonna basically write a last starfighter clone and then talk about the last starfighter in it and then we'll wink and nod and laugh about the last starfighter and it's like you shouldn't do that just don't do that don't just why would you do that (laughs)
1: like it was but I mean like so. as a person who walked away, I've never read the Ernest Cline novel, but I watched the Steven Spielberg film. Yeah, yeah. There's a part of me that I was simultaneously walking away, kind of grumpy, of like, man, what was this? What what was this like highlight reel of a movie I just watched? Yeah. But also at the same time, being like, there is real people alive today that are like, i so obsessed with the past, like 80s and 90s culture, that eventually they could become billionaires, and all they do. Is, is recreate to,
0: those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it know. already is happening. Like, we have talking about people, um, like, wanting... Like, all new filmmakers are just like, oh, like, my bucket list of things. And it's like, I would love to remake this movie or remake this movie or remake this movie. Because they loved it all from their childhood. Yeah. And that's, like, where that Jason Reitman Ghostbuster thing sits. It's like, yeah, have, like, like all of this remake stuff. And it's like, uh, where, I mean, where do we get original Hollywood again? But then yeah. I have to remember to take a step back because... This has always been Spielberg's MO. Oh, like Indiana like, Jones. Yeah, I think it's
0: just he was reaching back to culture I didn't know or care about. Yes. So it's like, hey, these old dumb cereals. And it's like, that's yeah. fine. So this, I that's, no that's, that's the thing is those. like,
1: we, we were kids when he was doing that. Yeah. My dad, who loves Indiana Jones and also remembers Doc Savage, mm-hmm. likes both. Okay. So I'm just wondering, like, why are we the generation where it's like, we can remember the original and still like the new version because oh. my dad was able to be like yeah i love doc savage but oh man i love Indiana jones and he saw like all the similarities i mean obviously and even like my dad's not a samurai film fan but like so he's never seen hidden fortress mm-hmm. but like i guarantee you there's hidden fortress fans who also like star wars
0: oh yeah i mean <laughs> it it you know it makes sense just having like a another like it's almost like a paying tribute to the thing in a way. Yeah, You're paying or it's homage just telling. It, or there's
1: or or the the thing that I like to think of it is is that like each generation has their own version of a story, mm-hmm. like and they have different points, that, little minor points that change throughout the different versions, but they all kind of say the same thing. And the best version I can think of about this is is coming of age stories of like when you go back and watch American Graffiti, it's yeah. set in like the fifties. It's all about like. Growing up in the 50s, and so it's all about cars and, like, gangs and, like, girls and all this stuff. But then when you watch, like, uh, a newer movie, like, today with, like, Superbad or Lady Bird, it's still about, like, kids going through the transition from, like, high school to adulthood to, like, growing up and moving on. But the setting is different. Like, the setting is about, still about girls in one of them. But in the other one, it's about boys, and it's about, like... Figuring out the future. Like, those Mm. fears are all still true. They just change the context in which they are so that kids relate to them throughout the history of storytelling. Like, I think that's what stories kind of just are.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to think if it's like, is there fan service and Super Bad for American Graffiti fans? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You know?
1: I just think, I think fan service, though, we're living in a specific culture now where people don't understand that tropes yeah. and like those archetypes are what we're supposed to be emulating. Yeah. And what they're doing is like, hey, you know that scene in Indiana Jones where he runs away from a big ball? Let's refilm that scene.
0: Or, okay, I, I'm thinking like speculatively through some stuff where it's like, uh, John Hughes does a lot of coming of age era, like stories from the eighties and they're yes. kind of old now. And parts yes. of them have dated in unfortunate ways. Uh, oh, sure. yeah. and then like, I don't love this movie, but I thought easy a kind of did a fun, like remember those, but it's now ish. That was a decade yes. ago, uh, yeah. or more now it might've been 2009. <laughs> um, yes. but you know, it's like we acknowledge what came before but we're not going to like tell the same old jokes and things we're going to No we're going to tell you a little jokes. bit of a
1: more a more current story, a version of this. Type yeah, of and thing.
0: Stanley Tucci and Patricia Clarkson are kind of like modern parents that aren't just like off at some
1: job or not paying no, attention. No, they're very present, they're very active, they're very caring, and yeah. it's the kid that's like the shutdown clothes one. Yeah, yeah. In so it was
0: kind of fun to see like a revisiting of the tropes, but with a different lens or whatever. Spin type yeah. Of thing?
1: yeah, and what I'm saying is like, I feel like a lot of fan, bad fan service like, is uh, like. Oh, yeah. It's say, like the Kessel Run. Is the Kessel Run happening, but it's on a bigger... Like, not on the Death Star. It's on the Death Planet, and it's Poe Dameron doing crazier things, and...
0: Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about in Solo, where
1: they just show you that happening. Oh, no, sorry. Not the Kessel Run, sorry, but the, uh, the Death Star Run in oh, uh, okay. New Hope. Yeah, yeah, It's, yeah. Just, like, it's just like... The that's Trench not, Run. Yeah. The Trench Run, sorry. It's like... I understand... But it's like it's just doing the same thing, but bigger isn't the same thing as what we're talking about right here. Which like, there's a trope here. There's like a archetype. You can take that archetype and update it for the future. What is Star Wars for today versus what was Star Wars for like just forty four years Wars again. ago? Yeah, yeah, or just doing Star Wars again. <sighs> mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something. There's something here, Nathan, to talk about and figure out. But
0: okay. uh, Ready Player Two has like a shameless John Hughes planet and it was terrible and i love those movies but it's just like i think it's just like when there's no critical eye at all it's just like embarrassingly like oh this this was the great times like we're not worthy style like mike myers or something like yeah. it's just like what are you doing like oh prince and his amazing music it's like stop it stop it you're embarrassing yourself Ernest. what are you doing <laughs> like everything also- from the past isn't amazing <laughs> you know but here's
1: the thing it's also like i'm gonna make this argument about ready player one specifically yeah it's also just really lazy storytelling because at the very backbone of it all mm-hmm. it's about a kid just trying to win a couple competitions
0: it's period. kind of willy really wonka or something it's yeah
1: yeah and but it's being done with like pure like the whole entire crux or interesting thing about the film is the references yeah and no, that, that, that was a good the thing film? that's
0: why i feel like bad about it because it's like It is definitely trying to fan service me specifically. It's like, hey, remember GoldenEye? Hey, remember this? And it's like, I I remember all of this. But I I am sort of embarrassed with how you're doing this, you know? Like, it's like, I don't feel you are successfully articulating what's cool about Back to the Future and GoldenEye and Dune and whatever, like Buckaroo Banzai, whatever it wants to pull from for that moment, like to a new generation. It is just... Hey, hey, hey! Look at this! Look at this! Look at this! And it's yes. just, I don't. Know. Well,
1: and because I think what they're doing is they're masking the that the, they don't have that that interesting of a story to tell. Actually, I because love a, a pretty... treasure
0: hunt, like I do. Sure, uh, but yeah, it's it's hard to. It's like a it's a guilty pleasure. But it's, but it's not
1: really that much of a treasure hunt because the clues are just slowly revealed in front of them. Like these games not being beaten was like. Kind of crazy to me that nobody was able oh, to no, figure dude. out some of these things.
0: That's that's like a, uh, that's a point where a I will give problem? it to the book, uh, where okay. it it truly feels like there's just no, like people have been looking for years to try to figure out what's going on, and okay. like studying minutia and figuring things out. Like there's way slower burn in that. This okay, this because the movie cir- kind of like just, a bunch of things. Yeah,
1: after the first race where he realizes he goes backwards uh yeah they rewrote that um, for the movie and it was just like there's no
0: way some bored teen wouldn't have done that like yeah yeah. um
1: but the thing is like with the subsequent films like with the subsequent things all of the clues just get revealed to them as they do them like the shining room is literally just just happens to that
0: that still happens once you've gotten the first riddle then it's a, a path it's like a scavenger hunt Okay, but
1: yeah. Okay, so the part of me like I'm not gonna sit here and say like Stanley Kubrick would be upset with Steven Spielberg for doing this. I think Stanley Kubrick would be fully on board with his scene being recontextualized like this. Sure, I'm not okay with it as a fan of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Yeah, I, I was
0: sort of thinking about that too. Like Doctor Sleep is sort of a case of fan service, but it it's in service of its own storytelling. So it's, like, we remember The Shining too, and know you remember The Shining, but we're going to try to tell our
1: own tale. (laughs) Well, and also the fact that, like, they do such a good job at the beginning. I was actually on board with it completely until that ballroom scene devolves into, like, a giant pit of lava and zombies. And I was, like, oh, no real fan. Here's the thing. This is the the disconnect I had with this movie because no real fan of the actual Shining would think that this was a good way to do this level. Mm -hmm. Like, a Shining level would be... Te- pure terrifying where you're like going into rooms and trying to solve mysteries in a very like scary way not in like a shock thrill like horror like jump between these spires of 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 ground so you don't fall into the lava like that's not that's more Stephen King that's horror like that's not like Mario Santa Brothers, Brothers or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that's yeah. what happened like that's what that scene was you still get like blood
0: in- elevator and the woman in like 217 or whatever but it's
1: yeah For like a split second, and then it turns into the ballroom. (laughs) Sorry, 237 in the movie. In the movie. Uh, (laughs) You do, but then it turns into the ballroom of just zombies. Mm -hmm. Pure zombies. And I'm just like, I don't know. The movie, I kind of turned against that movie at that point. Not completely. I still think it's a fun film. I just do not. I was like immediately like, I don't care about this stuff.
0: Yeah. I have high hopes for this new Matrix movie and fan service, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that's
1: what I'm intrigued by because like you and I both have two big movies coming up for us in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, this will in be in the a week realm after. of fan
0: service. Yeah,
1: yeah, because like you have Matrix on December 22nd. This is we're we're filming this. We obviously record this podcast well in advance. So,
0: yeah, so it'll have been out for six days at this point. But yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but then the week before that, I have uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home, which. I'm getting more – I am I think I was going to be on board with that movie no matter what. I'm frustrated with how many leaks that there have been about these things. Okay. Like, how much I know about, like, that Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina are there. Like, that's frustrates me. But, like, man, like, isn't that my fan service? Like, that is my fan service. I really hope to God that they figure it out for me because I'm going to be pretty hurt and bummed if it, they don't.
0: Yeah. I mean, so. Marvel in general has been kind of a giant fan service factory Uh, for the last 13 years
1: (laughs) but the thing is like i'm always nervous like even though for me the rug hasn't been pulled out yet yeah i'm always nervous that the rug will get pulled out at some point where one will hit and it's just not gonna work
0: man you know what okay it's not an amazing example but you and i went and saw a motion picture called welcome to raccoon city (laughs) <laughs> and that movie trades so hard in like attempting fan service, yes. but I will give it one point. It was like this great little thing when we went and saw like a bunch of Marvel movies together like a decade ago, there yeah. would be scenes where it's just like, Ryan, what was that cube? What was that? <laughs> what the heck was that? Oh, it's the tester act. It's Webber. Yeah. Yeah, this had a moment where you asked who was that, and I got to say that's Agent Wong. She's a mercenary, you know. Like, oh, that's the thing that ha- that was the. Yeah, no, no. In we we literally game. sat in
1: opposite chairs from each other. Like, I remember this, like, literally watching uh, it's Avengers. Like, yeah, the Tesseract coming out of Thor, and you're just like, "What's that?" I was like, "Oh, that's the Cosmic Cube. That's the Cosmic Cube, yeah." Or like Thanos turns around in Avengers, and you're like, "What? Who is Who's- this purple goofy <laughs> this guy?" Purple dude. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's Thanos, was... be very excited. And yeah. yeah. Obviously, this, this a little this bit had different. Like,
0: shameless, like oh, To be fair, this a little bit a little game. bit different
1: level because <laughs> I think I think Thanos gets like paid off pretty solidly in the Avengers sequels. Yeah. Uh Whereas I don't think we're going to get a big payoff with,
0: uh, no May. dude. Like Raccoon city three is going to be so sick. It's going to be awesome now. Yeah. But like, you're right. The no, Ashford there's so many times and...
1: in that movie where I turned to you and I was like, wait, is that a thing? Wait, is that's, that a you know, thing? And you're yeah, just that's like, a thing. that's that a thing.
0: in the movie in the game. <laughs> that was in code Veronica.
1: You're right. Yeah. That was, that was a very recent example where I was like fully relying upon. Cause all, all I have for resident evil is like the Paul W. S. Anderson films uh yeah that's the only reference point i have
0: then this was not that this was this is not that trying at all. to at least acknowledge the existence of those video games in a sort of wikipedia type way <laughs> which was okay <laughs> it was closer than we've ever been so whatever. but then i
1: but i walked away being like man those paul like it's the first time in my life where i was like where's paul ws anderson i need <laughs> him involved with this
0: he role. was producing it sort of i know but... Yeah. But
1: then you know, I remember at the end of the movie, I told you that James Wan was at one point like involved. Gave a you pitch got for so it. So bummed when I yeah. told you that because you were like, "Oh, that would have been he would have
0: way more competently done
1: that." <laughs> but we might not he was have got never going to direct so. it. He was just going to write it, and then somebody else was going to direct it. Okay. So, okay. But anyways, okay. Well, thanks for. Uh, Going down that rabbit trail of uh, fan oh, service man. and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: my brain is, like, pretty negative about it. Like, I get pretty grouchy about, like, Star Trek Into Darkness or, like, the oh, first sure. season of Fargo it, is again, a little Nathan. too nakedly, like, remember the snowbrush and where the money oh, was? Interesting. And I was like, don't that's do a, that. That's
1: another level. To be fair, Fargo is, Fargo, for me, Fargo season two is the better season. I agree. Um, I'm glad but, I stuck
0: um, with it to go further because I, I, the first season was just like, what are we doing? This is like no, Coen Brothers paraphrasing. Yes,
1: 100. But like, like strung, but stringing it out a lot more. Yeah. I remember I was really frustrated with Fargo season one because everyone like a better TV show came out that year, and everyone was like Fargo, and I was like. No guys, True Detective season one is actually the greatest television event you guys have ever. This is art on film. You guys got it right here, and they're all like, like "No, nope, Oh Billy Fargo.
0: Bob a murderer." Yeah, I
1: don't know. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, uh, but yeah Joel, like Joel and Ethan Cohen fan service is a weird thing to get into.
0: No, I joke about it, wanting it sometimes. Like, oh, the Minnesota Timberwolves should have like Cohen Brothers Night, and everyone dressed like Barton Fink, and it's like they would never do that. But if they did do that, I think it would be really funny. But
1: you know, it's too. It's not going to happen. Halo Caesar Knight. (laughs) uh, Yeah. To be fair, a lot of the references that you just made, I think inadvertently, because we talked about Force Awakens, and you just talked about Star Trek Into Darkness.
0: Star Trek Into Darkness broke my mind. I couldn't believe they're just like, remember Star Trek Two? It's like, of course I do. Why would you insinuate I don't? (laughs) Well, I got so. The the problem
1: with the Star Trek movie is that you're not getting any new fans. You're just getting older Star Trek fans. So everybody does remember Star Trek Two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, but it's just JJ. All the problems come down to, like, the most unoriginal man in Hollywood.
0: Maybe. I, oh, Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, the correct way to do it, and I don't know that it's... To do like, Star Trek? New? It, it would be Beyond. older stuff. Like, do, I, Although, no. Does the thing even have fan service for, like, original the thing
1: fans from the no, 50s. No, no no what i'm saying is like how to do like i'm saying like star trek beyond kind of showed you how to do like no no star, star trek beyond
0: i like more because they did not rely on an old villain they tried that's to what i'm to trying to say like else. A, there yeah. is
1: ways of doing new content in universes it's just by like not being lazy and rewriting scripts that can be right themselves because you're just rewriting scripts yeah like yeah beyond and the problem is well, I mean, Beyond did just dis- like, Into Darkness did bad, too, but Beyond did worse. Beyond is the example of what you do with Star Trek. Like, it is Star Trek Nemesis. It's Star Trek uh, Insurrection. Like, it is just like a, a prolonged Star Trek episode, but set in a more action-orientated universe than a Star Trek-orientated universe. Yeah. So.
0: I had a fun time with it, but – Oh, I did,
1: too. It's my favorite of the three of that trilogy. Anyways. Anyways. Good conversation. I just I knew that some of this would lead into next week and the week after's films because there's two different versions of fan service being done in the next two films that we do. Yeah. And I think that, that could lead to like into Yeah, some...
0: we're going to get two very different brands of fan service in our next yes. two weeks. So, fair enough, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but okay, yeah. Thanks for asking. Sorry I, I didn't have a glowing example. I think I'm still hunting. <laughs> For the perfect one. Well, but, I, d- yeah. I did
1: want to kind of bring it up because I think from like, I think you specifically seem to struggle a lot more with fan service than other people do. I think it's harder yeah. for you to go with the flow when you like, somebody tells you, like, hey, look at this thing over here. I'm doing it like that. You're just like, I know. Stop telling me to look over there. It's what my observation would be. It's like, fair? oh, this
0: is a reference. And it's like, I, I know. I don't – I'm not yeah. impressed that they also watched the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think
1: that's the thing. Is like I, I think some – like I, I have a little bit of that, but there's a little bit of me that can go with the flow because there's other things that distract me. Because, mm-hmm. like you talk about Marvel. I'm largely a big – like I love all the Marvel films, even the worst ones I still like. Uh, I just go with the flow. It's the big thing. Whereas yeah. I think you have more of a stop-go relationship with some of this stuff.
0: I think that's something where like I'm sort of annoyed with the legendary Godzilla films for not better servicing my knowledge and interests. Interesting. Like th- they'll occasionally just it's like, Oh look, it's a picture of Mothra. And it's like, yeah, Mothra's like a nice starting point. Where's Batra? What are you doing? <laughs> like it's just kinda like you know, that's they really like have so three surface. movies
1: to do this in, and you
0: want Batra? It's like Gidra is great. I'm glad you finally got there, but why did it take this long, you guys? In
1: one know? movie, they did Gidra, they did Rodan, and they did, and they did Mothra. In one movie, Nathan, and it was the worst of all of them.
0: <laughs> but was it secretly the best of all of them? No, it wasn't. <laughs> you, you at least Kong got to see best. high expensive renderings of these
1: characters, barely. Like, it was the same similar problem. Of like, it was like Rodan was the coolest looking thing in that movie. Okay. Anything with Kong in it was the best monster verse stuff.
0: Okay. I think we're going to have to. Like, okay. Like, in. You know how in, like, Spider Man movies, people complain because there's too many villains? That's mm-hmm. never a problem for me in Godzilla. Just pack, oh, sure. pack in more kaiju. I'm
1: not making the argument. New kaiju. I'm not making every the argument that, 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 that there's too many villains in Godzilla King of the Monsters. I'm okay. making the argument that there's too many humans
0: there's always humans there's but no there's way. so many
1: moments where it's like oh look godzilla's gonna fight get let's see what's happening in this little tiny crack on this ice where people are running we yeah. don't need to concern ourselves with them fighting
0: i feel like the toho solution to this was if you're gonna have humans they better be piloting a mech or something or <laughs> getting out seem- of
1: the way like literally those movies start with humans in the fight and then they peace out and then it's just Pure... half an hour of wrestling yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. And that's what i want i don't godzilla versus kong is like the first time where we kind of got that in the monster verse of just like pure just like humans aren't here we cleared the city let's have this battle between mecha godzilla godzilla and kong
0: yeah i don't know it's just that's one where there's like such a roster that i know is there and it would be the easiest button to push at the end of every movie just be like deep cut Ibira's coming
1: back. I agree. So my biggest, my biggest giant problem, lobster again, with King of the monsters. Like yeah. you want to talk about like it being the better one, except for they introduced like six new Kaijus that are like, why are you introducing new Kaijus? Why don't you just do fan service? Why, yeah, exactly. And,
0: like just grab that giant tarantula from destroy all monsters. A hundred
1: percent. Why are you introducing like this mammoth one? Like, and also like you do know that like, uh, what's his face? Uh, Aguirre is dead, right? In this universe. Like he's fully oh, dead. That's true. He was in the temple at the. He, uh, he was
0: like one of Godzilla's oldest friends.
1: And he was in <laughs> the temple. They together. Completely roasted and like <laughs> a skeleton bones. And I'm like. And then for me, it's like when you go to Kong Skull Island, stop giving us new creatures. Just give us like. Just pull
0: from the old. Like, yeah, giant mantises. I saw yeah. that before, but it was awesome. But no, then. they give us skull colors. Awesome
1: and they give us the Mewtwo's. I hate the Mewtwo's so much. Yeah. No, Last that that
0: first one in 2014, too. It was like. I got to see extremely expensive industrial light and magic Godzilla, like light up his spines and blow fire. Yeah. So that's awesome. But he killed this like lame bug thing you made up. <laughs> like, you know, which is to be fair, use all Megalon, of these things... the lame bug thing they made up in the 70s. Exactly. I was about to say
1: like, all these things are things they just make up, but it's not Americans making it's not, it's Japanese people making them up, not Americans. And this is the Japanese property. Yeah, so and they have an be... aquarium
0: right there with crazy creatures that they can pull from a hundred percent.
1: And, like, I'm even, like, I'm a, Hers- I'm a Hersai uh, era. It's, like, you could even, like, get super, like, Biolanti or, like, Destroya or Megagurus. Like, you can do, like, Millennium Era, which, like, Millennium Era completely relies upon the past. Like, that is all they did was, like, Remixes. we're just going to throw yeah. you all the everything at you and the kitchen sink. And I don't know, man. Like, the fact that we got no... Uh, <laughs> We got no Megalon in this film universe is crazy because who doesn't want a laser shooting claw, giant
0: cockroach like, God yeah. from like not quite Atlantis with like knives for hands. Like that sounds like a perfect monster.
1: Lantis or something. <laughs> it, sounds like a, it sounds like yeah. a perfect monster man to me. Yeah. Anyways, I'm, I'm with you on this. I'm totally with you that, but like that was my problem with King of the Monsters. They did all the big ones and they, made up brand new small ones and I was mm-hmm. like nobody wants that
0: yeah I think those are still like they get some boost just for having anything that I care about in it <laughs> okay. so I'm never going to give them like a bad score so you
1: didn't care that Mecha Godzilla was in the newest one?
0: I haven't actually seen the newest one yet so oh. yeah I knew he
1: was in it though okay. uh, that, but you that should, became a should because it's like all the problems I just talked about about humans just like taking a back seat 100% it's like oh. a. It's a hundred and forty-minute movie. Lots of fighting.
0: Oh, okay. They finally like a found tight... a better
1: pattern. Oh, this is just that, a. That's tight the thing, film. though.
0: Even in some of the old Japanese ones, though, I don't mind if the humans are up to something as long as it's really dumb. Like, but that's the
1: thing is, like in the American films, they're never up to dumb things. They're always up to like. It's like, oh, there's these pirates things. on this island and we just won this dancing contest. It's always McGuffany plotty things that are just like so boring. Yeah. Like you're right. In the old Japanese films, it's like, hey, let's go to space. Or and like we're hey, there's astronauts. These, yeah,
0: there's like Japanese men in weird suits that are
1: aliens. Yeah, with and one white guy, and then they go to space to go find Monster Zero. Like
0: And the I'm aliens all, are um, controlling the monsters, so the dumb yeah, low budget stuff the humans for are doing.
1: That movie, yeah. But that's not what we're getting in these movies. This movie is like, here's a kid, and this kid has to save Godzilla by, like, doing something with a thing that yeah. stops it. Yeah. And I'm, like, done with that garbage. I want, like, give me space travel. Give me something crazy. Give me, like, a super ninja fighting team that happens in Final yeah, Wars. Yeah, where's like...
0: G-Force, man? <laughs> yeah. Come on. They initiate map. G-Force in these movies. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Anyways, it's fun.
0: It's yeah. Fun. Anyway, nostalgia. It's, uh, it's a dangerous drug. But, okay. Yeah. That's all for this week. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you want to ask us some questions, you can tweet at OK Video podcast or email Ryan at OKVO.ca or Nathan at uh, Next week, we're jumping into the 21st century with Tim Burton's reboot, Planet of the Apes. It was written by Mark Rosenthal, Lawrence Connor, and William Broyles Jr. Until then, I'm Nathan. And I'm Ryan. Bye-bye for now.